Welcome to this week's episode of Time Added On. How are we, Tom? We well? Yeah, I'm always good. You know me. You know me. Always good. How's everything your side? Yeah, all right, mate. All right. Lockdown three is treating me uh, treating me well. There's not much to do, but uh, I've, I've I've eaten my body weight in chocolate this weekend. I even uh, I ended up opening. I'm I'm still opening chocolates because obviously having COVID over Christmas, I didn't eat or drink anything. So I've I've still got chocolates to open and. Uh, I'm making the most of it, pal. Blue Monday tomorrow. Everyone's supposed to be miserable. I'm tucking into the after eight. So. Uh, yeah, well, I wish I'd, to be fair, I wish I still had some stuff left. I'll well, wing them over to you. Oh, send them over. I've got a four and a half kg Toblerone, uh, which I've hardly touched, <laughs> which is a bit much, isn't it? But that won't touch sides with you, but <laughs> well, well, I'm I think it'll still be it. Might I've got in, I'll still be eating chocolate till Easter. We might be it might be eating chocolate all the way through lockdown at this rate. So but uh, we're in good spirits tonight. We've got a smile on our face again after uh, after this week. And, and long may it continue. What a weekend it was. Forrest actually scored three in a match uh, for the first time this season. The first time since Huddersfield at home in June. Unbelievable, Tom. Yeah, weird, isn't it? I don't, I, to be honest with you, you know, I, I couldn't quite believe what I was seeing. No, it was good. And, it, you know, kind of, it's the first time I've probably come out of a, a game in ages thinking the only thing I'm bloody annoyed about is the fact that we didn't keep a clean sheet. That's not really been on my mind before. Just winning and grinding out games uh, was all I was going for. So, yeah, positive, positive weekend all around. Well, it's nice you can say that because, yeah, normally we, we have to keep a clean sheet to get anything out of it, uh, to get any sort of points out of a game because we don't, obviously not prolific scorers. But, yeah, no, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. As we said on the pod, like, we... we we were trying not to get too down when when we were in the, the losing run, and obviously you've got to try and keep your feet on the ground. Obviously, the points at the bottom and actually across the whole league from mid table down is tight, so you can't get too ahead of yourselves when you're winning games. But if things feel things feel good right now, obviously football's got a nasty habit of changing quite quickly. So I say we don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but. It, it it feels good, doesn't it? it Bearing in mind the season we've had so far and how we've started and, and obviously the run we went on when we played pretty much all of the top six. It's nice to have this seven-match unbeaten run, four four wins in there. Um, it feels like it, it, it it's gelling and it, it's coming together. And the, you know, we, we banged on a lot, didn't we, last week about consistency. But you can see that in the patterns and the and the way that Forrest are playing at the minute, that that consistency is helping. Um, and it, 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 feel, it feels like things have finally started to, to click for Forrest and Chris Hume. Yeah, and I think um, Knockhart did a bit of an interview, I think with The Athletic, saying that he just felt like the kind of main group of players were lacking confidence. So obviously, that consistency now and just getting a few few wins under their belt um, is starting seemingly pay off, as you said. Um, and hopefully, you know, they start, we're now starting to see the signs of a settled settled squad um, that kind of knows knows what they're doing and, and knows how to get about things. And, you know, over time, hopefully, it will also mean that Chris Hewton can add a few different ideas and, um, you know, get get them going at, at, all, at both, both ends of the pitch. Um, but, yeah, you know, we're starting to see um, what Hewton can do with a team and he's getting the fundamentals and the basics kind of uh, sorted and let's see where, where they can go. From yeah, there. and it's nice that we, we talked about it at length last week again and we're not really to talk about it tonight, but 
obviously we're in the January window and it's nice for once not to be crying out for signings. Oh, we need this or we need that. We obviously are in the market for, for, for one to two players, but they're more just reinforcements, if you like, to, for, for Chris Hewton to continue to kind of put his stamp on the team. But if we went the whole way through January and just trimmed the squad and didn't add, you still wouldn't be worried, Tom. And I feel like that's a good place to be in because a few weeks ago we were looking at thinking, oh, God, we might have to go out and get another two or three players to to really kind of give us any chance. But, you know, the Amiobis this world might have had a cracking game yesterday. Knockout coming back in. Lolly, obviously, if we can get him firing back to how he was. And Cafu has been an absolute revelation with Freeman still to come back into that team. You've got Grab and Taylor, obviously, interchanging up front. Guerrero, who can kind of come in and play in multiple roles. It's just about getting those players, as, as Knockout said, it's just about getting those players firing and full of confidence. And there's, 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 numbers and depth and quality within that squad already. And that's what Chris Hewitt's been saying. He, he, it's not necessarily about bringing players in. It's about getting the players that we've got to do more. Um, but, it, you know, it wouldn't be a concern, I don't think, this January if we didn't sign anyone and we, and we very much kept our powder dry for the summer. Um, I thought he expects us to sign a couple of players. And obviously, Alan Nixon on Twitter this evening suggesting that we're after a... Uh, a box-to-box midfielder, experienced domestic midfielder, because um, we want that extra legs and that energy in the middle of the park, which I think we can see and I think we can understand. Uh, and we obviously still expect an attacking player of some sort, whether that be a 10 or a winger, to come in. But it feels like we're we're, we're getting there, and if we can get those players firing, as we've discussed, we'd be OK. Yeah, and I think, um, you know... I think the couple of players that we're being linked to seems to be in the right areas for me. And I agree that we do need to add a couple, but yeah, I think sometimes also January is just not the best time to do business. No. Um, and there's no need. I don't think for Forrest to panic and rush. Yeah, we are at, still at the wrong end of the table and we have to be careful, but I don't think there's any need for him to panic and, and just bring expensive signings that are ultimately going to end up being flops anyway. So, um, as long as it's the right business, I think adding a couple of faces is the smart thing to do. But I don't think Forrest will panic, and uh, I don't think Forrest will just purchase for the sake of purchasing, even though obviously, you know, the last few years says otherwise. Mm. Hopefully, we're now starting to see that tide turn um, in the opposite direction. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the centre midfielder, just uh, Nick, the, the, the Alan Nixon's part, I'll, I'll put a name out there. I've had a little wild guess at Dale Stevens, who's not getting a game at Burnley who uh, was one of Hewton's main men at, uh, at at Brighton, 31-year-old centre midfielder, can chip in with the odd goal, but he's more of a defensively-minded kind of uh, Watson sweeper role, if you like, in there. So maybe not necessarily the box-to-box midfielder, but that's just pure conjecture on my part. But um, putting putting two and two together and coming up with five, a bit like the um, the link to Shane Duffy in the, in the week, which was obviously wide off the mark, but um, it wouldn't surprise you that that name but um yeah just throwing that one out there just to top it all off as well tom just just to put the the cherry on top of the cake just to really uh cement the weekend and, and make it a good one obviously wayne rooney's derby county get done at home as well uh by rotherham in the last five minutes that leaves them struggling at the bottom of the league and take over very much up in the air they could be in for a d- disastrous second half of the season if that doesn't happen 
um, which would be a real pity. Yeah, it's um, sod's law, isn't it? When you're, you know, obviously you can't just keep an interim manager as interim manager for the whole time, but as soon as they become permanent, suddenly uh, things don't look as rosy as um, everyone was saying it was. Um, you know, they're going through a tough time, turbulent period, and obviously the fact that they're having to consider sell some of their rising stars from their uh, apparently world-class academy. Um, and also, you know, they, they just can't pay the players. And, you know, it's an interesting one what's happening, happening over there. Um, they obviously still saying that they think the takeover is going to go through and soon. But, um, you know, this has been rumbling on now for, for months. And to be honest with you, if I was a fan, um, hearing, you know, seeing what I'm seeing, I don't think I'd have confidence in the new owners when they arrive, if they do arrive anyway, um, given how up in the air this has all become. So, yeah, it's, um, I mean, it was a good weekend for Forest, yeah. good weekend for Forest, mm. but yeah, weird one at the other end of the A52. We'll keep an eye on that, just, uh, just out of pure comedic interest, I think, uh, on that one. But yeah, anything could happen down there and, um, no, we, we've had some dodgy owners in the past and uh, we've had some bad times dropping down to League One. I, I was about to say I wouldn't wish that on anyone. I, I, I probably would wish it on them. So uh, let, let's see how we go for the second half of the season with uh, with with, uh, with those lot down the A52. I mean, the main talking point away from, from the match itself this week was obviously the FA Cup draw, obviously following uh, our win against Cardiff last week. Fourth and fifth round draw was done Monday night. Um, Swansea away in the fourth round and then if we beat Swansea it's either City Man City or Cheltenham at home you'd think Man City obviously at home which is an absolute uh, that'd be an absolute humdinger of a tie for the fifth round and obviously therefore a little bit of a carrot for us to go and beat Swansea but um, yeah not the most exciting fourth round that we were hoping for that we discussed on the pod last week No I mean when the draws were coming out and obviously fourth round you've got Man U uh, versus Liverpool and then when um, the fifth round was happening I was thinking it better just not be Man U or Liverpool away otherwise I would have been furious um, so yeah I mean I'm I'm happy with the draw really because um, I wouldn't have um, I wasn't that bothered about the fact obviously we can't make it um, in, in that respect um, but yeah it'll be interesting I mean obviously we're going to come on to it Swansea's tough enough in itself One departure this week um Dericka obviously leaving to join Wigan on a short-term deal. Um, I think we wish him all the best, don't we? It's just it's a shame the way it's ended. He, he was uh, he was liked by the fans, and obviously the last eighteen months have, have been shocking for him. Um, we're just hoping he can go to to Wigan and play some football. But obviously, growing up, Nottingham lads always wanting to play for Forest and put the shirt on. Um, he certainly did that, and, and he you know he did well. He was uh, he was a steady. Steady addition, and um, he was a good performer for Forest in that right back slot. So yeah, we we just we wish him well, um, and we hope he can get his career going again after, as you say, a shocking eighteen months through to injury. But um, yeah, fingers crossed for him. Right, should we uh, should we chat Millwall then? Yesterday, um, yeah, because I think we're going to enjoy this one. So look, Millwall, Millwall, Millwall came into the game. I mean, it, it's fair to say Millwall were not in good form before yesterday's game, so they came into it. We've just one win in the last fourteen league matches, whereas obviously we were looking for our we were looking to make it seven and being in all competitions. So a contrast of, of of form. But despite that, I mean, look, it's Millwall. You, you kind of know what you're going to get. You know it's going to be a tough game, no matter what. 
just by the way they approach things. And and the Millwall side, obviously, we've talked about, we don't need to harp on again, but obviously that's the last home game before all of the, this kicked off um, and obviously absolutely annihilated us. Um, and you just know, Millwall is that type of team that Forrest struggle with in terms of the big physical, often go quite long and direct and move the ball forward quickly. They're a... They're a, they're a, a you know, a stereotypical championship side, if you like. And it's one of those where, yeah, no matter what form Millwall are in, you know you're up against it. They got a good point as well in, in, in the week uh, away at Bournemouth. So, look, they were 1-0 down, obviously came into it. So, coming into the match yesterday, you know, you you fancied Forest, and we predicted a 2-0. We, we both agreed, didn't we? We, we went for 2-0 Forest, which is the first time for, for quite some time that we've agreed and agreed on the scoreline. So, obviously, we fancied it, but... I think wary, wary of Millwall was probably the best way to describe uh, the approach or the feelings, if you like, going into yesterday. Yeah, and I think you've summed it up perfectly as to the reasons why. Um, but it was a good opportunity for Forrest to carry on that that unbeaten run. To be fair, it, this was the perfect opportunity, and they, they uh, you know, they took it because. They didn't just carry on that unbeaten run. They, you know, saw it as a, the first time, really, and obviously the, the BBC Radio and Nottingham team were talking about it. It was the first time, really, where you could say Forrest felt comfortable with a scoreline and they used it to their advantage and um, to get a bit of confidence as well built up within this game. Um, but yeah, Millwall are always tough. You know, Gary Rowett knows how to set up his teams and frustrate frustrate teams but they are as you said you know came off the back of a bit of a they've been going through a bit of a diff, difficult mm. period of form um so it was on paper one which you know forest should have been looking to take advantage of and yeah i was seven changes after the cardiff cup game totally expected that uh there was only a couple of close calls um without a doubt i think you know we can we we talked about would bong potentially be in for a chance of staking uh, his claim for the left-back spot after his uh, performance last week. But obviously, Ribeiro has been playing really well in that in that position of late in the league. So the back four, strongest back five, if you include the keeper, reinstated. So um, I, I think the, the, the back four and then Samba, to say, by far at the minute, our strongest, uh, strongest defensive unit on paper, and obviously they've been performing that in that way. Yates, so Cafu uh, continued to build that partnership in the middle, and then Graben chosen ahead of Taylor, and I suppose that was the only one really, well, that was one of the positions where we were, we were a bit unsure, obviously, Taylor getting the goal last week, but obviously Graben being kind of the main man, if you like, I think in Houston's eyes, and obviously Skipper in the team as well, um, Graben, Graben chosen ahead of Taylor. So it's the biggest debate for us, was who starts on the wings. And um, I think it's fair to say, and I think the Radio Nottingham guys touched as well, we said last week, Amiobi was useless. He was absolutely useless against Cardiff. He had one of those games where nothing worked for him. Um, really lacklustre. Lolly, on the other hand, showed glimpses, but again, still still disappointed, underachieved. I suppose we expected Knockart to start after signing last week. Um and we were a bit lost. We were a bit unsure about where Mighton stood in the pecking order because I think a lot of us were expecting Mighton to get ninety minutes in the cup to get him some experience. But obviously, he's kept him. He's kept him uh, aside, if you like, for that game to start him yesterday. So 
Amiobi and Maiten getting the uh, getting the nod and and thank God they did because because both were superb yesterday and it just shows you how little we know Tom because um, I don't think we'd have picked Amiobi yesterday. No, I mean given like you said the performance he had um, against Cardiff, um, he certainly would have not have started. But he's one of those players that can make a difference on the day and he did make a difference you know um Houghton would have known that that Millwall would have come into this you know their favorite formation is 3-4-3 um and where Forrest were going to need to exploit Millwall was was on the wing so the wingers were hugely important for this game and um he took took a pump with Amiobi in my opinion and Martin in a way because obviously he's he's left him aside at, at times as you said but he, he got the reward for putting his faith in them because um, they did. They were the difference. It was always going to be the area where Forrest needed to exploit. They they used Amiobi and Martin perfectly to to exploit. Them. Yeah, I think Amiobi. There's another obviously Amiobi going forward is what he's 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 mainly picked for. He's obviously the the, the thing with Sammy as well is that he he's obviously got that height. He's got that physicality that he can obviously help. His defensive work as well was brilliant yesterday in terms of. Um, Helping get back to support uh, Cyrus Christie, and, and and I think that was worth a, worth a note as well. Just his all round game yesterday um, was superb. We, we said last week, didn't we, that that Amiobi is is he reminds me of we used to say this about Marlon Harewood, a young Marlon Harewood, is that that when Amiobi and when Marlon was when they're good, they're unbelievable, and at times unplayable and soft because they just don't know you don't know what they're going to do they've got that unpredictability about them um and and Sammy Amiobi when he's good he, he's brilliant and he's superb and he can he can win Forrest a game as he as he's done yesterday and he can get Forrest back into a game as he did Swansea at home um last season where you know we had to rely on two two of his goals to, to keep us in the match and get a point when he's bad he's awful and he, he, you know, there's no middle ground. I don't think with Sammy Amiobi, he's, he's either brilliant or he's awful, and and that's what you get. But yesterday was obviously one of those days where he was exceptional, and his his two goals were 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 well struck. Um, the first one's a cracking strike, slight. I mean, they were talking about on the radio, slight deflection, but I mean, not not enough really to to make any sort of uh, difference. That, that that ball was going in. The second goal is unbelievable, obviously. Um, just the way that Amiobi and Might and Might are making that run to support the little one-two, and then what a finish! Um, he was just—he was brilliant. I suppose the one criticism of Sammy Amiobi, Tom, is that he doesn't score enough goals, and it's something that the Mucci talks about a lot. Last year, that was only his second and third goal of the season. Um, yesterday, that's one area of his game that he needs to work on because he's got all of the attributes, he's got the skill, he's got—he's got the pace, he's got the trickery, he's got that unpredictability that we've talked about but he needs he needs to add more goals to his game to help the team out and that's what Hewton's mentioned as well about getting goals from existing players and in, in, in existing areas yeah I agree and um you know obviously usually in a, in a usual season probably um he'd be coming up against the firing lolly as well um and knockout um but obviously this season it's not quite the same you know Joe lolly scored 11 goals and 11 assists in 2018-19. Um, and then he followed that up with nine goals and eight assists uh, last season. Um, but in so far, Joe Lolly has scored one and not assisted any. 
And if you have to look at between the two of them when you're a manager, who's causing more of a threat, regardless of whether that's backed up with goals or not, you would have to say Sammy Amiobi, even when he does have those stinkers, you know, the next game will be fantastic. So, yeah, he does need to add a bit more. Um, but he has been probably Forrest's biggest threat so far this season. Um, yeah. Out wide. yeah, definitely. Um, and, then co- and then coming on to, to Mighton, I mean, just he, I thought everything that Forrest did well yesterday, pretty much most of it went through him or he had some some part to play in it. Um, and I think that says a lot for someone who is as young as he still is um, to have that, you know, he, he sees space, he can see where the threat's going to come from and he knows exactly, you know, what's going on around him and how it's going to play out. And one, if he, he can have that vision at his age, that's only good for his potential. Yeah, I mean, my, he well. just offers something different. He's a real live wire, say, for, for his age at 18, the, you know, the run that he made, we just talked about, the, the run that he made to support Amiobi for the one-two flick, he was running into an area that he wouldn't naturally run into. Um, but he's followed it. He, he, he's read the game. He's understood that there was no one there to support Sammy. So he's running into that area that he can then flick it off. And obviously, Amiobi then puts it away. But really smart play. The move in the second half where he turned he turned one Millwall defender and nutmegged the second one and then still had the trickery to beat the third man, get his shot in, which obviously is ultimately blocked. But that that's what you want to see. That that got me out of my seat. Uh, we, we, you know, we're sat at home watching it and like, it gets you on the edge of your seat. That's what fans want to see and that's what we've not seen enough of from Forrest in terms of having those types of player this season. Knockart in spells has done bits. Um, but having someone like Martin who can do that, who can beat two or three players and really be effective, if he gets a run of games now or gets more game time, I'm really excited to see where he can, where, where and how he develops over this second half of the, the season. Um, and as I say, putting real pressure, I think, on certainly Lolly for a, for a spot. Be interesting to say if he brings in another winger. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he rotates, how he plays and where Myson fits in. But um, yeah, I'm hoping he gets more game time. And going back to Sammy, I mean, Sammy Amiobi's in, you know, he's got a really important second half of the season now. He's obviously out of contract in the summer, um, having signed a one-year deal initially and then obviously extending his deal for this season. Hewton will be obviously wanting to see performances like yesterday with goals attached to it, like yesterday more often. And um, look, I think Sammy, Sammy Amiobi is brilliant. I think, as you say, he's been one of our biggest threats throughout the whole season. Yes, he has games where he goes goes missing, if you like, and goes quiet, and we can probably list a few of those off. But you, no doubt in my mind, I'd be offering him another contract for next season, if it's even if it's just another year extension, if he's happy to sign that, because he's been head and shoulders above anyone in that area. Um even with him, you know, there's still more. I'm convinced there is still a lot more to come from Sammy Amiobi. Um, definitely, he'd be someone that we should be looking to to tie up. I think to a, a new deal. Yeah, I don't think there's any harm in giving him an, an extra year if he's willing to take the extra year, and um, it just means that Forest have an abundance of good options out wide if you can keep him. You know, with Lolly, uh, who will hopefully you know, come back to, to better things um, with him, with Martin coming through um, and developing. And then obviously knockout at the moment on loan. Um, I think Forrest need to keep mm. that abundance of options 
out-wise because it's so important to their game. And um, yeah, 100%. It's a fairly tight game yesterday up until the first goal. And obviously the first goal coming quite late into the half. It was, it was, it was a, there, there was at times where it was a bit of a, you know, the, both Forest and Millwall were sizing each other up and there wasn't too much goal mouth action. And other times it was a brilliant game because of, you know, uh, Colin Frey and, and Steve Hodge talks about it on commentary and the fact that tactically it was a very astute game. And as I say, they were each weighing each other up and just trying to work out and, and, and probably work their way into the game. Forest obviously had the better of the chances. Millwall, Millwall had, had very little. Credit to Millwall though, because when obviously when Forest went one nil up, they responded really well and peppered us for that last five, six, five, six, seven, eight minutes of the first half. I think there was there was that spell towards the end where they had two, three, four corners consecutively, which Samba was was to be fair to Samba, he was confidently coming out to try and claim, wasn't quite getting there, and obviously Graben's cleared off the line, but you know that's what Millwall do. And that's the physicality that they've got. And I thought they they were causing us no end of problems from um, from corners and, and and the set pieces out wide. Um, but we managed to say Klingon's probably probably harsh because you know the grabbing one off the line, getting back, and he actually remembered to head it this time, which was good. Um, but they there was that was a, that was a slight cause for concern just before half time and how Samba was going about his business. Yeah, they clearly targeted that and um they were ready mm. for a battle in the box and forest i don't think dealt with it very well they got better um, they got, i think they got better as the game went on uh, and they had to um because of the changes that millwall made but yeah certainly for that spell there you, you were concerned just because we know how you know forest marking from corners hasn't been the best at times this season um arguably the personnel that, that hasn't been brilliant at set pieces, wasn't playing yesterday. But, um, yeah, it was, it was a concerning point, but they, they did well to, to kind of come through that. Um, but, yeah, as you say, you felt like that was obviously a game plan there from Millwall, if they were to get a corner, that they were going to target us. Yeah, yeah. And Forrest have the personnel to deal with that. You know, Bryce Sanders is a good goalkeeper at this level and Joe Warrell and Scott McKenna are clearly, you know quality centre-back options at, at this level as well and have the physicality to to defend that. So, you know, Forrest came out a bit unscathed, but, you know, Millwall certainly came there with a game plan. We're ready for that battle. Uh, Forrest maybe weren't quite as ready as they should have been, but, you know, ultimately it didn't end in, in, um, in conceding a goal. And yeah. um, that was a good spell to get through for Forrest because I think that's what won them the game really because they were able to go on after that um and in the second half um and you know do their thing and you know games go through phases and they came out of that phase um which was a pivotal phase well they were superb half. second half and you and you wondered in your half time in terms of obviously what we saw the week before against Cardiff that you know Cardiff didn't didn't pepper Forest and, and didn't didn't caused Forrest too many concerns, but they had a lot more of the ball in the second half because obviously Forrest were quite content at 1-0 just to try and protect that and, 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 and you know, push forward when they could. Forrest were brilliant second half and, and they had some real good chances to, to, to double the lead. Cafu's effort from free kick was a, was pretty decent, decent effort. Yates had a, a, a shot from outside the box that looked like it was going to nest in the bottom corner and just went wide. 
the might and break we've already talked about. Graven's hit the side netting when he's obviously been better to to square and look up and both um, might and was in the box ready for a, for a tap in. Um, there was definitely chances there, and I think credit to Forrest, Mill- Millwall had to change the shape with twenty five minutes to go just to try and get back into the game. And obviously they went four four two and brought Smith and and Mason Bennett on. And yeah, at that point when you saw Matt Smith coming on. Your heart did sink a touch. Yeah, because you know, obviously his record against Forest is fantastic. And, you know, we were seeing Forest dealing with the threat that Millwall had. But ultimately, you felt like if they could add a little bit more quality up there, they would score. Um, and seeing him come on, well, along with about the other two or three other strikers that they um, decided to bring on as well, um, you know, um, it, it was a concern, but the fact is that they had to change their shape um, and had to change the way that they were approaching the game clearly meant they were frustrating um, Millwall. And, um, you know, again, Forrest... Yeah, Forrest I, uh, really look, well. and then obviously Amiobi makes it 2-0 and you think, job done, I'm, I'm never comfortable. I, I, I still didn't rule out Millwall at that point because you just know with Forrest, you, you always fear the worst if they... Millwall went up, they've only got a goal back. It could be still still be a long 20-odd minutes. But I, I think tactically, Chris Hewton was superb yesterday. Um, obviously, he subbed, I think, 20 minutes to go. So, Sambasau came off, um, which you kind of expect for, for him to kind of have a breather towards the end of the match. He brought he brought Taylor on, which I think quite a few were surprised at. And obviously, went, went to match Millwall at a 4-4-2 with Cafu dropping back in. Um, tactically, I thought Chris Hewton was was absolutely spot on in terms of his subs and how he went about yesterday. Cafu, let's talk about Cafu. Um, again, you know, he, he was he started in that ten roll, dropped back into a, a two uh, when Forrest went four four two. As he, he played as a, as a pair in the central midfield, he's obviously you know we talked. I, I said last week I'm not sure whether he could play there, and obviously it's a little bit easier when you're at two when you're at two and you've got that cushion, but he's obviously adaptable, which gives Chris Hewton options in game um, and it allows Chris Hewton to move to different systems. He was just another impressive performance. And for me at the minute, Cafu would be one of the first names on the team sheet. His set piece deliveries, absolutely spot on, um, which we can't always say about Forrest in recent seasons. He's, his ability to link up play, hold up play, bring other players into the game. He's been an absolute revelation, Cafu. Yeah, he's been good. He's been better than than what we probably expected. Um, and yesterday, you know, his passing accuracy was at 90%. Um, he created big chances. He was getting it about over, all over the pitch. Um, obviously, he originally was in the number 10 role and then moved um, moved back um, but he you know he gets about and he wants to get involved in games even if he's not necessarily impacting directly um, with goals he is having an impact in terms of trying to yeah, make definitely. Forrest tick a bit more um, so I think yeah he's he is currently at the moment a, a good option to have for Forrest and, and Sam, uh, and, and Sam Basau, obviously we've just talked about him um, I was a little bit harsh when we caught up Last night, I think after the match, obviously on re- on reflection, I think my my criticism of uh, Sambasau is that when he he you know he get, he he does intercept the ball quite high up at the pitch, 
Um, and it, sometimes he can look a bit, little bit lost up there, and he, he obviously doesn't have the the finesse maybe and the technical ability of, of some of the players in the squad. But my God, what an important performance. And obviously when he plays, when he plays, when he plays well, but when he plays, Forrest win. And he he just got about the pitch, you know, he got about the pitch really well. He was pivotal in, in kind of regaining possession when Forrest lost it, getting his foot stuck in, breaking up play for Millwall. He's not going to be in the team to, to, to have that finesse, is he, and that, uh, to say that that technical ability, but such an important player, and um, yeah, I mean, on reflection, I thought he was outstanding again yesterday. There's always there's always question marks around his fitness and how and how much game time you're going to get out of him. But I, I think he looks as fit or fitter than he ever has in a Forest shirt. Um, you're going to have to manage him. You're going to have to manage his game time across the second half of the season, which is arguably probably why Chris Hewton. He's after another centre midfielder because um, obviously Colback's going to be out for a while, and Art has been hit and hit and miss both form and injury wise so far this season. But um, yeah, another really impressive performance yesterday from the big man. Yeah, for me, he was right up there as being a contender for man of the match, and um, you know. Talking about a finesse, we know what he brings to the team. It's not about finesse, technical ability. He breaks up play quickly. Um, he sees interceptions that other people don't. Um, he wins the ball for Forrest in the important areas of the pitch. And unlike some of the other central midfielders Forrest have, you know, who maybe don't know exactly what their role is, his role is clearly mm. defined and outlined. And I thought um, he was superb. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, there's no complaints for me about Sam Bissau. I mean, obviously, he, he does have fitness yeah, problems um, that Forrest needs to watch out for. But <laughs> exactly. Um, but there's no, it's no coincidence that Forrest, usually, every single time where there's been spells where he's been in the team and spells when he's been out of the team, that Forrest always. Yeah, no, again, Forrest was brilliant. And, um, He's starting to form a nice little partnership with uh, with Ryan Yates in the centre there. So, I mean, long may that continue. And I think, you know, that adds to that consistency and continuity we talked about earlier. I mean, fair play to Gary Rout. I mean, he's 2 0 down. He, he, he may as well roll the dice, but he's gone balls to the wall and, and gone a 4 2 4 and brought another two strikers. And at that point, you're thinking, oh, here we go. Just long diagonals, four strikers up top. Forrest are going to have the work cut out. But Forrest stood up to. Forrest stood up to it well. Um, the centre-back pairing was superb. And then the ball obviously goes down the other end. Forrest get a corner. 3-0, game over. And Yates has finally found the back of the net from uh, another outstanding Cafu corner. Again, Yates, another one. We talked about his partnership with Sam Bissau. Um, He was outstanding. I mean, he, he, he gets up and down. He gets up and down the pitch really well. He's got obviously got a great engine. I think the one thing we'd say about Ryan Yates is, and we've, we've, we've humoured him, in terms of how many times he's missed headed opportunities, but he he does start he does need to start adding more goals to his game because he's definitely had so many chances this season. Um, he needs to if he's going to be that if he's going to be box to box and all action and get about the pitch, he definitely needs to score more goals. He'll be disappointed with the effort early on in the second half where he's he's just whistled past the post, but it was a good it was a good finish. It was a good run and a good finish from the corner. He'll be happy with that, but. Um, yeah, again, I thought, I thought Yates, another steady Eddie. It was a good performance from the from him. 
Yeah, and I think, um, you know, going back to what you were saying about um, if he is going to be box to box, he needs to take more of his chances. I mean, you know, that's dependent on what he sees his role is because at this moment in time, I don't, I don't necessarily know exactly what he wants to wants to be. Um, does he want to be more defensive? Does he want to be box to box? And I think that's something that Forrest and the coach and staff need to work with him on. And I think they need to work out exactly where he fits in if he is going to be a success. You know, because if you look at the the stats on missing big chances, three players are tied for Forrest and missing missing um, five big chances for Forrest this season, and that is Graben, Taylor and Yates. So if he is going to be box-to-box, yeah, that is something that needs to be worked on. I don't think he will be. I think he he's, needs to work more defensively. Um, but, you know, Sam Bissell and Ryan Yates are obviously building a bit of a partnership at the moment, which is all just about recycling the ball, getting possession and giving it to someone better uh, who's better on the ball. And, um, you know, that is one thing he can improve on as well, get seeing better vision and seeing those passes quicker. Uh, sometimes he is, he is a, he does slow the game down slightly. Um, but, you know, that is something, obviously, that is how Hewton sees those two working together, win the ball, Pass on to someone who's more of an attacking threat, and um, yeah, yeah exactly. Look, seeing that Forest, Forest, freeing up at that, this point, and obviously, uh, you, you game over, game over in reality. Um, it's worth it. I think you know the the attacking players and the four players will applaud it for the game yesterday because obviously, you know, as we mentioned at the top, it's the first time we've scored three in a game all season. Um, but I think it's worth noting Forest defense was absolutely excellent yesterday, and we've we've talked about how Millwall has changed tactically to try and get themselves back into the game. And obviously, at the end, they finished with four strikers on the pitch. Um, the Forest events were outstanding all afternoon. I thought the full-backs were brilliant, got up and down really well, supported the attacks, but were also solid at the back. And, and uh, um, you know, Millwall struggled to, to, to beat both of the full-backs. And certainly Christie at the end was throwing himself in front of everything and, and trying to get the ball away just to... To kind of maintain the 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 uh, the gap, if you like, um, Warrell and McKenna. I mean, that partnership just gets better and better. They are an absolute brick wall at the back for Forest. Um, anytime the ball goes in, it goes anywhere near Warrell and McKenna. You just know it's going to get kind of knocked out. And, and and they both look brilliant. I mean, McKenna for me looks like an absolute steal. Um, and I'm just, as I said, I'm hoping we can keep hold of War in this window, and I'm really excited to see how that partnership develops alongside Ribeiro and Christie, because that whole unit at the minute, that's what Hewton's built his game plan around, and it's, it, it's benefiting, but yeah, the two centre-backs, absolutely superb. Yeah, and I think Worrell is thriving from having a partner in, in Scott McKenna with the quality he's got as well. Um, I think Worrell knows exactly what is expected from him from McKenna and likewise the other way. So I think that is a nice partnership to see. And I think Worrell is is getting better as well. I think sometimes it's easy to forget that he's still a, a youngish player, is, is Worrell, and he's still developing himself. And um, I think we're now starting to see the quality he's got. Yeah, Millwall did get a goal, unfortunately. Well. Yeah, trying to, you, you were hoping for it to be a perfect afternoon, to be keeping that clean sheet. Millwall did get a goal um, after Sam obviously punched from a corner. Was it a foul? I'm not sure. I don't think it was. 89th minute. I don't know why I felt nervous. I think we've just been... It's, history would... Uh, I think I'm scarred. And then the fourth official puts up five minutes and I was a wreck. 
uh, as those long diagonals, diagonals kept on coming into the box. But yeah, never really in doubt, was it? I think the Forest defence also, Forest as a team, deserve a lot of credit for their discipline yesterday. Talked about discipline a lot with Forest, and, and certainly we talked about it last season. You think back to the Derby game where they were giving away needless free kicks. Um, the one thing Forest had to be aware, we've talked about Millwall's presence in, in terms of their height at, at corners. They didn't want to be giving away any free kicks in and around the box or free kicks where Millwall can pump it, pump the ball in, uh, into the box and cause Forest problems. They didn't give anything away. Uh, they didn't give really that many, if any, needless free kicks away and really give up Millwall that opportunity. I thought um, I thought they were really, really disciplined um, yesterday and they needed to be against that Millwall side. Yeah, it's important. They need to, you know, that was definitely one thing they need to get better at ever since really. Maybe I just didn't notice it before, but ever since the Derby game away last season where we gave away, obviously, that needless free kick, um, it became quite obvious when you were seeing other mm. games constant, that becoming a constant trend. Um, and that's something that they have needed to get better at. And they are getting better. I think there were still a couple yesterday, um, but they are getting better at it in, in, in less yeah. dangerous areas. So, you know, They're like, always going to give away free kicks because there'll be instances where they just need to give away a free kick. But it's about areas of the pitch, isn't it, that you give a free kick away in. And um, against certain sides, it'll be less of a concern. But certainly against Millwall, you just know the ball's going to be fired into the box. You just don't want to give them that that chance. I thought they were superb. Look, it was a brilliant afternoon, really good team performance all around. We've, we've kind of gone through the whole team. I don't think there was really any area yesterday that really disappointed. Um, and it's always nice to get one over on Gary Rowe, isn't it? Uh, I mean, he must now be under pressure. One win in 15. Um if Rowe, I mean, Rowett's teaching on the edge, another one as well. Bearing in mind his comments after the game last week, obviously Neil Harris and, and Cardiff lost again at home. So, wouldn't it be lovely if Rao and uh, and Harris lost the job next week? But uh, yeah, it was just uh, it was just an all round cracking afternoon. We're now seven unbeaten. Said at the top four wins, three draws out of that uh, out of that run. How much credit does Hewton deserve for turning things around, Tom? Because um, not not under massive pressure, but obviously questions being asked when we went on that run where we couldn't buy a win, couldn't buy a goal, to be fair, um, against, obviously, what arguably was the top six. Um, since mid-December, I think it's the 12th was the, the run started. Since the 12th of December, yes, obviously, Forest, it has to be said, Forest have played uh, easier teams, but they, you know, they w- would struggle to find a harder run. Um, but they've done really well. Confidence was flat, but they've still come out of that really well. As I say, with those, uh, with probably only the Birmingham home game, the disappointing one out of that run that they'll probably feel like they could have and probably should have done more that afternoon. Um, I mean, Hewton's done an exceptional job, hasn't he, in the circumstances? Yeah, he's done well. Obviously, when he first came in, he had obviously felt like nearly a whole season was probably trying to do do things um, and get this team building in a bit of a different way. And obviously, after the way it's kind of gone at the start, he's taken them back to basics. And that's what all good managers at this level do, you know, get teams doing doing the basics really well. And then the, the quality, the little bits of extra quality just come quite naturally because um, there's small margins in this league. So, you know, he does have to take credit. I think what we'll what we'll see now is obviously some of some of those games that Forest have come off the back of this unbeaten run on are, are teams that are also in in bad form. So it'll be interesting over the next couple of weeks whether Forest can still show the quality that they've shown in this last last run of game. 
Cool. Right. So we've got another big week ahead, Chris. Um, so two games coming up this week. Obviously, one midweek. Back to the midweek action, um, and then we've got the FA Cup. Um, I've actually the missed the midweek action. I've actually, mm-hmm. I've actually missed it in the last couple of weeks. It's, it's, it's nice to have. Bear in mind, we're doing bugger all, other than sitting and working from my laptop from the uh, from the conservatory. It's nice to have Wednesday night in the diary. Forest, or I might not be saying that come nine o'clock on Wednesday, but um, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, well, hopefully, hopefully we can get some joy from the midweek lap we just did the, the this weekend as well, Chris. So obviously, continue with the league action. It's against Middlesbrough on Wednesday night, um, and it's a revived Borough. That's you know that's fair to say. So Warnock has done what he does best, and that's just getting teams to do the the basics really well. And obviously, that's standard Neil Warnock. Um, he gets his teams right up there. You know, Middlesbrough probably could have been seen as a bit of a relegation candidate um, previous last season, season before. They've obviously not been firing, but uh, Warnock has got them back up the table. Um, they're hovering outside the playoffs. Um, they did just lose to Karanka's Birmingham, though, and that's a Birmingham side that haven't been on good form themselves either. Um, and I watched a bit of that game um, and they were not not looking good at all. Um, they weren't at the races, Middlesbrough. They use a formation 4-2-3-1 is their standard formation with Akpom leading the line this weekend, just gone. Um, but they do sometimes revert to a 3-4-1-2 um, if they need to change it up as well. They're an interesting team, so... The last 15 minutes of the game have been massively important to Middlesbrough all season. They've not only scored most of their goals in the last 15 minutes, which is 28% of their goals, they've actually also conceded most of the goals that they've conceded in the last 15 minutes, 27% of all goals conceded. So the, la- the, the last 15 minutes are going to be massively important um, if that carries on the same trend. Um, and obviously, you know, uh, hopefully... Forest can Forest can um, use that and not go revert back to Forest of old, where they where used to Forest obviously conceding late on in games. Um, hopefully, that is a, an area which Forest can exploit themselves. Well, it's an interesting, was it? Because Middlesbrough at home last year was a game in midweek under the lights, where we were going through that spell of really trying to kick on and push for the top two. And I think Middlesbrough was one of the games where it was a bit of a Bit of a, uh, a slog that game, and Forest obviously got themselves in front with about 10 15 to go, and then got picked back. Uh, I think we gave away a penalty, um, and obviously ended 1 1, which was really disappointing. So, yeah, it could be another, could be another. I mean, I hope it's a bit more entertaining than that one, but um, yeah, it could be another one where the last 15 minutes comes into play. The one thing about Middlesbrough, Tom, is that they were showing on Sky yesterday, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not too sure of the, the, the backstory, whether it's the Middlesbrough camp that have been struggling with COVID or they've had a couple of games called off um, for that reason because of the opposition. But they say that they've, they've not trained a lot, Middlesbrough as a squad, um, and they've not played a lot as a, as a squad in recent weeks. And that, actually that fitness is um, is really was really struggling. They were really um, out of out of match practice and out of shape yesterday. So it'd be really interesting if you say, say that last 15 minutes is vital. You would hope that Forest having the strength in depth that they've got on the bench versus Middlesbrough that that might come into play. Um, but look, they're an impressive side, Middlesbrough. Aren't they? As you said, they're just outside the top six. I think four points, three, three, four points outside the top six in seventh. Um, 
you just know what you're going to get of a Warnock side, don't you? So, yeah, I'm I'm really intrigued as to see how Forest. I think we were unlucky. We were unlucky when we played them earlier in the season and we lost 1-0. Um, I'm intrigued as to how Forest come out of this one and how we go about it because there's no doubt about it. Middlesbrough are a strong side and um, we all anticipate that they might be up there given the Warnock effect. So it'd be good to see how Forest approach this one and, um, and, and really how Forest come out of it and what we can get. And I think, you know, hopefully another three points. Yeah, I mean, they have lost three in their last six. So they're in a bit of stuttering form, um, even though they're right up there. But Forest will still have their a bit of work on. Um, they'll have their hands full, especially at right and left back. So I think Cyrus Christie and, and Ribeiro, um, if they are the ones uh, to, to be starting, as we will predict, um, will have their hands full with the likes of Johnson, Spence, uh, Tavernier. Um, it's going to be it's going to be a long uh, long afternoon for them, but um, given that stuttering run of form, um, hopefully Forest can can continue um, their impressive run of form um, against against this Warnock side. What uh, what are you predicting, Chris? I'm going for a. I think I'm going to go for a one-one in this one. Yeah, I think we might end up agreeing again on this one. I think it's a difficult game. I think it's going to be tight. Um, yeah, I'm going to go draw. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to go one-one actually again. Yeah, I think we, for the second week in a row we agree. But um, yeah, I just think looking at that middle side, they're going to be like what we know about Warwick is they've lost three in a row. They are going to be desperate to 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 put that right. Um, and I think you'll see a Middlesbrough team that come out with the kind of the bit between the teeth and and, and will want to end that run. Um, Forest, obviously, on the other end, are on are on good on a good run and in good form. We will be confident. Um, I just think the two might balance each other out. So yeah, one one. I think it's not probably a good shout. And it don't get any easier, Chris. After that, really, we we come away from the league action. Yeah. Um, in midweek and at the weekend on Saturday, we uh, we go right back into the FA Cup. It only feels like yesterday when. Uh, when we were in the third round, as we now had... Right, it's nice to get to the fourth round, I'll take it. Exactly, exactly. But, you know, probably not the most exciting of ties. Obviously, we've already spoken about the draw, um, but it is against another league league rival and another Welsh league rival in uh, in Swansea City. Um, and that's with the chance to get into the fifth round versus either Cheltenham or Manchester City. Um, so, Swansea are having an amazing season, to be fair to them. Um they're, they're getting their reward for consistency and stability within their playing squad and their coaching staff under Steve Cooper. Um, they're second in the league um, and are, you know, they've just come out of the third round of the FA Cup beating Stevenage 2-0. Um, they did make a lot of changes for that. Um, they brought in the likes of Wayne Routledge, who's obviously a player we know very well. Um, just turned 36, which I couldn't believe when I had a look mm. at it. But they did make a lot of changes for that. Um, and it's likely that Swansea won't make as many changes this time around. But but they do have five matches in 15 days. And that's something that Steve Cooper has been banging the drum about this week. And he admits that he needs reinforcements in order to keep you know keep their focus on a promotion. Plus, yeah, they've not um, got the biggest squad, Swansea, have they? And, um, and that's, that's something that might come back to bite them if they don't get those reinforcements in the second half of the season because we we just know the way the season's going. Luckily, Forest haven't been affected as of yet. But we just know with the way that games are being postponed at the minute and, and called off and, you know, 
it, it suits us at the minute if we can get through our games in the as scheduled. It means that we're not going to have a massive fixture pile up at certain points of the season. Um, I think that what you would think, hopefully, Forest would probably have enough to to cope with that anyway. Just the sheer. I know we've all got twenty five man squad, so it's not numbers, but the experience and the know how that we've got within those numbers, as we demonstrated against Cardiff in the cup last week, that Forest would be able to cope better than some. You fear for Swansea if um, if they pick up a few injuries, suspensions, um, whether that whether the size and the quality of their overall squad. Don't get me wrong, they've obviously got some superb players and they say they're having a top season. But whether that could potentially derail their season, um, that would be a bit of a concern if I was Steve Cooper. Yeah, I agree. Sorry, mate. You're oh right. It's just so I'll obviously edit this out, but there's something weird happening with the sound on your side because it's like it's like that rattling that I've told you about before. But it was really like it's happened a couple of times in the first recording. It's really loud. Oh, do they? Yeah, I don't know what it is. Really weird. All right, that's better. Might have been my phone. Ah, oh, fair. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was really weird. It happened a lot in the first one, but obviously I'll edit this bit. Ah, no, fair enough. Yeah, no, I had my phone under the microphone so I could read my notes. Maybe that's what's done it, but um, it wasn't too bad, was it, first first off? No, no, that's why I didn't mention it in the first off, but that time I had to stop because I was... Oh, like, fair enough. That is, that is loud. And it was, it, like, in the first off, it stopped after, like, like 10 seconds, but that sounded like it was going to carry on and stop. Yeah, no, fair so. enough. All right. All good. Cool. Uh, what did you just say again? Uh, I said they haven't got, like, their strength and death oh, might yeah, be well. Um, yeah, I agree, Chris. I think, um, you know, that is something that Forrest should have um, an advantage over. Um, like I say, it'll be interesting to see how they set up, whether they will stay relatively strong, given the fact that they are playing a league rival, or whether they really, their their main focus is going to be on that promotion push, which, which they're, you know, doing a good job at at the moment um, in second place. Um they are full of confidence, though. That is one thing. You know, they're unbeaten in their last six and they've won five of those. They've only conceded once in those last six. And they've also kept 14 clean sheets in their 24 championship matches so far this season, only conceding 13 goals, which is by far the best record. So it ain't going to be easy. Um, good job we're free-flowing. Obvious. Oh, it's a good job we just scored three well, goals. Otherwise... That is true. I shouldn't complain. I shouldn't complain. Yeah, Exactly. Um, they've played with a 3-4-1-2 over the weekend and that's how they've kind of set up all season. So they play with Conor Roberts and Bidwell as their wing-backs and Ayu and uh, Jamal Lowe as their, their leading, leading the line at the top there. Um, and that's been you know their main shape all season. They've kind of kept that consistent. But they are finding different ways to win games. You know They, they played Barnsley this weekend in the evening match last night. Um, and you know, the pitch wasn't the greatest, so it made it hard for them to play their usual slick passing style that they play under Steve Cooper. Um, they actually ended up doing a bit of Rory Delap kind of like throw-ins. Um, so they've obviously got a lot in their locker that, that maybe we still don't know about with Swansea. Um, they've got a lot about them and they've got a lot of threat. So it's something that Forrest are going to have to have to consider. But again, you know, one of the, the areas to exploit with them having that, that free at the back is you know, the wingers are going to be so, so important for Forrest again. Um, there are options that they have out wide. Lolly, Knockout, Amiobi, Martin, whoever plays 
um, they're going to be so important to whether Forest win or get anything from this match. Um, so it'll be very, very interesting. Uh, what's your What's your thoughts on this, Chris? What's your so I think tough match. I think Swansea might not make as many changes as they did first time round, but they'll still make changes. I think Forest will make a similar amount of changes to the um, similar to, to the team that played Cardiff. I think he will probably go. Christian will probably go with somewhat of an unchanged team against Middlesbrough in the week with an eye on the cup to kind of get minutes into to the legs. So I would expect another five or six changes, maybe even back to the seven changes that he made um, for the Cardiff game. So I think it's going to be tough. I think this one might be a bit of a stretch for Forrest. I'm, I think I'm going to go 2-0 Swansea for this one. Um, I think, yeah, it, it is tough. It, it's a balancing act between trying to, for us, obviously, making sure we, we get it right in the league and we don't end up plundering back towards danger. Um, and also getting minutes into the legs. So the likes of Bong and Jenkinson at fullback, obviously going to have a, you know, they've not played many minutes. They've kind of, they both did really well against Cardiff, particularly Bong did well, um, but they're going to be up against it here. And without having those minutes in the legs, it's going to be a, say, it could be a long afternoon for the, for the guys and um, getting some minutes into the centre half. It'd be interesting to see whether Warrell and McKenna go again, or whether we bring Figueredo in and maybe Ember so just to give him minutes as well. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be a tough one for Forrest. I, I think this one might be where the, the unbeaten run ends. I'm going to go 2 0 Swansea. Yeah, I'm going 1 0 Swansea. I think, uh, like you say, it's going to be a tough one. It's going to be a bit of a stretch. Um, I think Forrest will be, you know, pretty resolute at the back. Um, but I think we'll come unstuck somewhere. Um, so yeah, 1 0 Swansea for me. Cool. Should we wrap it up there? Then we obviously we've covered a lot there. Um, Another big week ahead for Forest, as we've said. If you want to get in contact with us, you can email us at timeaddedonpod at outlook.com. Or give us a follow on Twitter at timeaddedonpod. See you next week, guys. You Reds.